Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and video cast where we teach you traveling the world in a beautiful area called Bowersley. This area apologies in advance if there's any hiccups or delays in this interview. And as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow digital nomad world travelers, and we have. Uh, she, her name is Erica Vervo, and she's the director of global operations for Nomadic Match. Those of hello, us hello. who are travel bloggers or passionate will know that name, uh, you know, nomadicmat.com. So we're going to be out about first Erica and all about her travels, travel, remote work, and uh, we'll be finding out also about her role in terms of uh, Nomadic uh, Mats. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very good. I'm in New York City, just at my office, so with all my fake books. <laughs> and I'm uh, very excited to be on the show. I think it's important to sort of just start off with where I started from because this is a travel podcast, like a little bit of my history when it comes to travel. Um, so, I, my name is Erica, and I grew up in Connecticut. Um, didn't travel basically my whole life until I was 21. I went on a few trips. My mom is obsessed with London. I have family in Ireland, and we had timeshares in Mexico growing up. So <laughs> the, that was like the extent of my travel. And when I was 21 years old, or 20, right before 21, um, I had a bit of a midlife, mid-college crisis. I was an interior design major and decided I did not want anything to do with interior design at all whatsoever um, and tried to leave school and join the Peace Corps and my <laughs> advisor advised me to just finish out the program and I said, okay, if I have to finish out my interior design program, I have to be able to make it fun. Like, I have to be able to do what I want to do. So not only did I make every single project um, about Africa, <laughs> but I also moved to Qatar and finished out my university in the Middle East. So that was my first, like, foray into traveling on my own and living abroad, and it just opened my eyes so widely to the world around me, and it was such an incredible experience, like, the best year of my life, and that was a decade ago. And uh, what I really got out of it was I know nothing. Like, I don't know anything about the world. I didn't even know what Qatar was before I arrived. And it so pleasantly surprised me. And the people there are incredible. My friends there were super hospitable. I just felt like I belonged. And I was like, oh my God, what else is there in the world? Where else could I go where I feel these feelings? And so I just sort of kept moving. So after my year in Qatar, I got a university degree. I moved to rural, rural, rural Thailand, where I taught English as a volunteer to a bunch of high schoolers. Then I moved to South Korea and taught English to a bunch of three to 10 year olds and uh, saved up enough money to do a program that I'd been wanting to do in the Caribbean. That was an international community service learning program. So I lived 
like five steps away from the beach on a bunch of orchards with a bunch of animals and farmed and learned how to make a difference like in rural communities abroad. And uh, that was in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Then I got sent over across the world to Zambia and I worked with a bunch of farming cooperatives there, um, revitalizing them and just teaching them more how to cooperate and organize themselves. Lived in the bush with no running water, no electricity, no nothing. And then, uh, and then really, really, really missed Connecticut. And more than Connecticut, I just missed my family. So I moved back home. <laughs> and that's when I started working with Nomadic Matt because I wanted to like express my love of travel and also share my everything I learned over the five years that I spent just dotting the globe and share it with other people that wanted to do it but didn't know how. In those five years of travel, I traveled for less than $10,000 a year, which is way less than I spend in Connecticut doing nothing. So that is, that is where I, that's how I got here today. <laughs> that's my like little background info about me and my travel experience. Your friends, a variety like, of uh, travel experiences. Uh, I would love to hear about this whole idea of purposeful. I, I know people travel is to figure out their purpose and the mean uh, in, in terms of those big life questions. So maybe you just the Can you repeat that? Can, can you just repeat that, Rick? Yeah, sorry, sorry, the, there's a little <laughs> bit of a Wi-Fi wi hiccup here. Um, my question is, what can you gain from travel? Or I'd love for your, some of your reflections about uh, travel, really passionate about this area. Yeah, perfect. Travel. Uh, Okay, so I'm just going to start because you're a little bit frozen on my end, but uh, what you can gain from travel, so I can only speak for myself and what I see from other people traveling, but I think for me, um, travel is just so transformative, you know, and there's some kinds of travel that aren't necessarily transformative, and then there's some kinds that really lend themselves to transformation. Hello? Did I lose you? Okay, so it says we're live. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Rick. Um, yeah, so there's some, there's some forms of travel that I think lend themselves to transformation of who you are, what your purpose is, and all that sort of stuff. And then there's some forms of travel that aren't necessarily, you're not gonna necessarily leave transformed. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I would like to distinguish the two and um, sort of sell you on budget travel. <laughs> um, so 
it's great to go to Mexico with your family. It's great to go to an all-inclusive with your loved ones. Um, but you're not necessarily going to come back a different person um, unless something happened to you while you're there. But it's not really the environment for transformation. But I can tell you that if you signed up to live in the bush for six months somewhere in rural Africa without electricity and without running water and without, you know, all the niceties that we have here in, um, in the Western world, you're probably going to come back transformed <laughs> in some way or another. So I think that really traveling, especially if you have a purpose, like if you're learning something, teaching something, being somewhere, working somewhere, I think those kinds of trips just lend themselves to coming back with a whole new view on life, no matter what that is. It's not necessarily like a good thing or bad thing, but it does get you out of your comfort zone in a way that, um, that I think is really refreshing. And I think people are really searching for that a lot of times because it's one thing to go like day to day to day to day, year to year to year to year in the same sort of um, environment. Even if you switch jobs, you sort of switch jobs to a similar job, or even if you switch boyfriends, you switch boyfriends to a similar boyfriend. But traveling really does get you out of that like comfort zone in a way that you get to know yourself as somebody that does something that you never knew you could do before. Make sense? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to uh, cover this whole area of, uh, you know, being the director of global operations for Nomadic Math. Uh, I think a lot of people call it being paid uh, to travel the world and not having to struggle as a, you know, like a lot of digital nomads, we're entrepreneurs and we have to keep struggling for the, the next the salary or the income stream. But, um, you know, having that regular consistent salary working from a nomadic mat must be definitely uh, a great <laughs> to get connected with uh, Matt and tell us about how you got involved with this company. Oh, yeah, perfect. So to do that, I just want to back up to when I was living in the Caribbean. So it was a few years into my life abroad and my friend sent me this guy's blog and was like, hey, this guy, Nomadic Matt, does exactly what you do except he makes money. <laughs> and so you should follow him. And so I'd never heard of blogs before. I'd never heard of anything like this before. I didn't know people were making money online. I didn't know, I was like living I was feeding pigs and horses. Like, <laughs> I was in a whole different world. And so um, when I heard about this, I obviously signed up for his email list, and he was the only blogger that I knew, so I would like read his emails when they came in. And uh, when I moved home, and so I was reading his tips and stuff like that, and they made sense, and I aligned with them. And when I moved home, I actually went to his um, book signing. He had just come out with how to travel the world on $50 a day. And I went and I brought like 10 of my friends because I was like, this guy is amazing. We should go get his book. We should go listen to him speak. This is going to be awesome. <clears throat> and so we did that. And then fast forward a few months when I realized that I actually didn't want to be a lifetime waitress, which is fine for some people. I just didn't want to do it. And, uh, and I wanted a job in travel. I asked my only friend at the time uh, who 
was working as a luxury travel agent and I said, I want your job. And he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I don't have a job at my company open, but I go to this meetup. And so he took me to the meetup and at that meetup, I recognized Matt and went up to him, introduced myself sort of creepily. He was like, who are you? Why do you know this much about me? And I was like, I'm a huge fan. I've been to, I've seen you speak, I read your blogs. And uh, he asked me what I was doing and I said, I was just living abroad for five years and now I'm looking for a job in travel. And he asked if I wanted to work for him. So it was very, very simple. And I would say the key, key, key to that is that I actually told him that I was looking for a job in travel, which um, I think a lot of people just want to like show off what they've done. Like, oh, I've been living abroad for five years. And then they don't follow it up with what they actually want. So I would say that that was the key to getting the job. And I started working for him like two days later and I've been with him for four and a half years. So, that's how I got the job. And then, so right now I'm the director of global operations. So at the time I was his assistant and I pretty much did everything that he didn't want to do as a blogger. I mean, I don't know who's necessarily listening to this Google Hangout, but if you're a blogger, podcaster, or creator, like I just took on everything that you don't like doing. <laughs> and gladly, because I was just learning so much. And as the years have gone by, we've gotten, we've grown. So it was just Matt and I for a while and our tech guy. And then uh, we grew. And so now we have somebody who specializes in social media and community in growth. And so we have a, a, quite a few people that work with us. So now um, I sort of manage the day-to-day -day operations as well as uh, update and research and see to it that all of our digital products are great. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, thanks. I can almost picture that fangirl moment where you're saying you're a big fan, heard you speak, read your blog, and then all of a sudden uh, you move from the fangirl to now working with him. So that's transition. And I love your advice there about ask for what you want because a lot of people will uh, not do that. So that, that's great advice and insights. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like view, uh, because you, you, you're working on a daily basis with Matt, what have you found? Like, why do you feel Matt's blog become the most successful travel blog in the universe? What has he done right that a lot of other millions of bloggers have done wrong? Like, what have you found uh, from being the key reasons for success? Yeah, okay, that's such a great question. Number one, we sell things. <laughs> Um, I just recently looked at a bunch of blogs trying to find things to, to buy and there's not that many things out there. There's not that many products out there that bloggers are making. We have a ton of products that we make and sell and those products actually add value to our readers. So they're not just, we're not making backpacks or something. We're making informational products that people, that really further people's ability to travel. And then that segues into my other belief of why we're so successful is we actually are super aligned with whatever we put out. So our whole goal is to get people out of their comfort zone and into the world, whatever that means. It could mean to the next town, to the next state, to the next country, to across the world. 
So everything that we do has that purpose and aligns with it. All of our partnerships align with it. All of our products align with it. And we don't necessarily uh, muddy our message with like free products or free giveaways or anything like that. We make sure that everything that we do on our website like aligns with that mission to get people on the road cheaper, fast, or cheaper, faster, for longer, all that sort of stuff. So I think those are two huge keys. And uh, I know I, a lot of travel bloggers that I've talked to get really, really excited when they get offered things for free. And it's not like you can't take a free thing here and there, but I think really looking at that free thing and saying, is it, I know it's free and is it worth it to take it? Because do, would my, does it align with my mission? And are my readers going to be off put by it if I say that, you know, this is what I'm doing? So just a quick example, if you're a budget travel blogger and somebody offers you a five-star trip to Antarctica, are you going to take it and write about it on your blog? I would suggest not because that will just create all sorts of, uh, you know, your readers really want to read what they, what, what you're putting out there. So you have to make sure your message aligns every time. So those are my two big ones. Yeah. Great, great insights there. I think you can learn from both the success. Tell us also maybe about some of the failures that we don't see social media seen what doesn't work and what what challenges you're cutting out also the struggles you're cutting out a bit so can you repeat that okay Actually, I think you asked what, what behind the scenes struggles. Oh. Yes, exactly. Yes, okay. yes. What if you learn from the struggles and failures? Exactly. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, well, obviously with any business, there's always struggles and always challenges. I think that um, one of the biggest challenges we had this year was we had a huge contest going on um, where we actually sent one person around the world and we gave them $20,000 to do that or 18,500 to a wait 18, $18,250 because that's $50 a day. So we gave them that and it was a contest like somebody had to write an essay and buy a book and I would say that that was a pretty big failure because um, we got so much pushback from so many different communities for running that contest, uh, which I think personally is a shame because it really is such a great opportunity and there are some definite rules to running a contest like that that we have to follow and I don't think that was 
um, understood by all. So it looked like we were favoring people in certain countries and not favoring others when it really just is all about legalities. So, um, yeah, that was a huge learning experience. Uh, it was really hard to give away that $20,000, which seemed crazy. And also, um, I think that just like what I said before, like that's, that aligned with our mission and that we were getting somebody on the road, but it didn't necessarily align with our mission in that um, anyone could travel because it was limited to like certain countries. And that will happen with every contest that anybody puts on um, because there are so many legalities. Like literally if somebody in Australia won the trip and, uh, and it was illegal, by the contest rules of Australia, like Australia could have sued us. So there's so many different things that uh, we learned from that. <laughs> and, and it was just like a huge learning experience. And the person that won is right now in Paris and she's having a great time. So something came out that was great. And so that was one of our biggest uh, failures of the year though. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I have I, I knew about that contest, but I didn't know about uh, that insider story. Yet. So yeah. there's no, obviously um, nomadic math, super successful. Uh, what is the vision for the future? I know there's a conference coming. Uh, what what's the vision for the future? That's such a good question too. So we do have a conference coming up, and the vision for the future is to get off of the internet and into real life. So one of the constant struggles we see with people reading our blog is that people are feeling very alone in their real life. Like they've traveled, but they don't know anyone else in their life that does. So uh, what we're creating now is something called the Nomadic Network. Um, we've been beta testing it for like two years where we're starting all these subgroups in different um, cities and towns around the world and that will be like your new community like a meetup of travelers that want to just like talk about travel learn about travel travel with you i don't know but um that's that's the future is to push it off of the internet and into real life because again what we're trying to do is to get people on the road so if you go on the road have a transformative life-changing experience in Morocco and then come back to your normal life and don't have anyone to share it with or anyone to encourage you to go again or to create something out of your experience or whatever, like that could just be an experience. And we really want the transformation to happen and stick. So yeah, we're bringing it more into real life. Also, Matt has another book coming out that he's writing right now. So. That's the future. Looking uh, forward to seeing uh, these, uh, you know, ideas come into fruition and then get implemented to those. I'm curious to know also about uh, the work culture, the work environment. Uh, you know, any successful company, you know, amazing work culture for and uh, the teammates. So tell us about how it's like. Are you working remotely? Uh, are you using tools like Slack or? Skype, uh, Google Hangouts, uh, are you meeting? How, how is the work culture? Tell us a little bit about how it works logistically. 
Yeah, that's such a, so we have, we have people all over the world. We have someone in Michigan, someone in Australia, I'm in New York. Uh, the person that runs Flight, our nonprofit, just travels the world, so I never know where she is. Um, Matt's in Europe right now. Everyone's sort of everywhere. Um, we have a Canadian working for us that lives mostly in Sweden, but also right now, I don't know where he is. He just came back from Romania and was in New York last week, and now I think he's in Canada. But it's not, it's not necessarily um, necessary to know where everyone is because we just um, check in, like you said, on Slack. We have bi-monthly meetings on Skype where we just get to catch up and say what we've been up to, um, but everything sort of gets done through Slack and through email. Um, we all have very distinct roles and very distinct departments, so um, we're pretty much on our own um, unless we like need something from somebody else, like our social media um, guru will help us out with anything that needs designed or anything like that. So there is a bit of overlap, but for the most part, we are our own little islands and, uh, and we just come together to sort of make sure everything's working properly. And just personally, I live in New York City and so does Matt. Um, he travels a lot, but we get to work uh, quite a bit, a lot together. And that's in a WeWork. So right now I'm in a WeWork conference room. Um, we have a desk that we share here. And uh, whenever we're in New York City, we work together. And whenever we're not, we don't. And we meet two, three, four times a year, sometimes as a team. And we just had a team meeting last month and everyone flew into New York City. And we had a great time. And I think the next time we're meeting is actually TravelCon in September. So we'll probably meet three times this year. Yeah. So that's sort sure. of the team culture. Yeah. 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 It's great. Great to hear. And it's amazing. It all works uh, because like you described, all these people at different time zones and continents around the world. Uh, a lot of them are traveling. A lot of them don't have the stable Wi-Fi. Uh, so it's amazing that, that uh, somehow it all works and you guys have really made magic happen, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so I I'm do. Curious. I, yes, I want to add one thing. Yes, um, everyone that works with us was a fan of Nomadic Map. So I really want to stress that like telling people that you – if you, if you want to work for something like this, like telling people that you want a job and also keeping the connections alive that you make because, I mean, and participating, right? So our community manager was a, a participant in our forums and he was so good that eventually he just started working for us. So really, there's so many ways to get a job, but I think really investing in a few of the blogs that you're really interested in, um, that's like a really good way to do it because a lot of people are hiring people now. Like when I was hired, I never met anyone else that was an assistant to a blogger. Um, but now like people are, it's becoming more of a viable income for people. So they're able to hire people. So like if you have a favorite blogger, podcaster, or anything like that, influencer of any, in any way, like I would say befriend them and watch them and make sure if they say I'm looking for help, you actually respond correctly to it because who knows?
I just wanted to add that. I, I think this is the fact. Every successful entrepreneur, internet marketer needs help. Uh, no matter what level of success they are at, they're going to need help. So if you can offer that help, uh, intern or just getting involved in saying what do you need help with, and really do it from a genuine, genuine place, not with the up. Just go from that heart center approach. Like, how can I support and help what you're doing? I guarantee you, they're gonna they're gonna come up with something on how you can help them. And, so I'm glad you added that uh, little tidbit there as well, Erica. Awesome. So in closing here, we started, uh, you know, the interview, uh, finding out about you and your own travel journey. We found out about Nomadic Matt, the company you're working with. You. So I'd like to find out about you, your future. Where is uh, travel taking you? Where is life taking you? Uh, so why don't we end off with uh, uh, finding out a little bit your future vision? Maybe items, and uh, what does the future hold for Erica? All right, I heard the last line of that. So you asked me about my future? <laughs> yeah, I, I was just asking you, what does the future hold for yourself personally? Because we talked a lot about nomadic math, and with uh, you personally, uh, what what are your some of your bucket list items, or what are uh, some of your travel dreams, or wh where is the future taking you personally, Erica? That's awesome. Um, so I guess I haven't really, I have a few trips planned, but I don't know really where my future future is, but I'm definitely going on a few trips. Um, in Australia, I'll be in Australia in November for a workshop with my coach, so, who I'm in love with. So I'm very excited about that. And I've never been to Australia. And I'm also going with a, an entrepreneur her name is Stephanie Floor, and she runs Around the World Beauty, where she discovers ancient beauty secrets from all different countries around the world. And she's hosting a, um, a beauty tour of Morocco. And so I'm going with our social media person, uh, Raimi, is also going. But the two of us are going on this Morocco tour next year, which I'm really excited about because I've never been to Morocco. And also, my boyfriend is from Jamaica, so I'm, we're planning a trip to Jamaica this year. And uh, my next trip is to Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and that is at the end of the month for the ConvertKit Craft and Commerce Conference. And uh, those are like my travel plans for now. And uh, I just, I really love living in New York. So I'm sort of settled in. I just came back from three months in Asia and a trip to Jordan. And so I'm just sort of catching my breath and living in New York for a little bit. Plus it's really expensive to live here. So traveling and living here is not really an option. <laughs> it was uh, awesome to have you on the show here, Erica. I know we had a few Wi-Fi hiccups, but I'm glad we made it through here. Uh, thanks for all your insight. So more about yourself and also about Nomadic Matt. Is there any uh, thing you want to uh, promote in terms of the conference or any upcoming projects? Uh, so we have like, uh, uh, we have all of our guides that we're selling. Um, we have guides around the world. We have a conference coming up. However, it's super sold out. So you can keep an eye on that and maybe come next year. Um, 
other than that, no, like just join our email list. I feel like our email list is where it's at. Like you learn about everything and we always post there whenever we need, whenever we're hiring. So <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely join our email list. It's the best place to be on the internet. <laughs> but no, I just wanted to say thank you. This was so nice. And thank you so much for, for creating this, even though you're in, you know, the Philippines with some shoddy Wi-Fi. This is awesome. And I love what you're doing with this whole podcast. It was really fun to share. It was fun to have you on. And I really wish I was also at a WeWork. But unfortunately, and Philippines isn't a big digital nomad hotspot like uh, other parts of the world. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely advocating for, for it. And I hope uh, through the Wi-Fi situation here in the Philippines, because then it's definitely paradise uh, with the beautiful beaches, amazing oceans, uh, incredible people. Uh, so I uh, highly recommend. How long are you staying So Erica, thanks again. And I look forward to staying connected. And maybe we'll meet in person as well. Uh, maybe at one of Matt's conferences. Thank you for your time and catch up with you soon, Erica. Thank you. Bye. And uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. We learned a lot about Nomadic Matt, a lot about Erica. And uh, if you have any further questions, uh, definitely leave them below. We're on YouTube and on other podcast directories. So uh, make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, and of course, uh, you know where to find Matt. It's an easy URL, nomadicmatt.com. Com, also a two-word URL and uh, digitalnomadmastery.com if you're interested in this whole digital nomad uh, journey and our code casting, our courses, and uh, virtual summits and more. So thanks, everyone. Happy travels.